She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast. It's Friday, which means we have a new episode, which means we have a new guest. And you'll probably hear from my voice, actually, I have been quite poorly this week, guys. Um, So I haven't ventured very far. Um, I am feeling a lot better, which is good, and I'm glad I got it before Christmas. Um, I have actually been doing some self-healing on myself, um, which I truly believe has sped up the process of my recovery um, because most people I've been speaking to that have had this have had you know been really floored for four or five days um, and I only really had it quite bad for two days I did a lot of healing on myself um, so this is the power that we have guys when we really set our intention and connect and, and self connect we can really heal and heal fast Um, Anyway, let me tell you about my guest today. Oh, welcome TV presenter and absolute legend, Jenny Powell. Jenny Powell and I connected, it'll be nearly three years ago when I was a guest on her and the equally amazing Kelly Pegg's podcast, The Hot Mess Mums. Um, Definitely go and check out their podcast, um, it's so down to earth and so freaking relatable, which is one of the reasons Jenny agreed to come on. And I am so glad that she did. She is so relatable and just cuts through the bullshit and very, very honest. So for me, um, that is definitely someone that needs to be on the podcast. And we talk about death. And unfortunately, Jenny, her dad passed away, her dad Les took cancer in 2021 and she talks about being with him at the very end when he took his last breath and we also talk about things that we do to still connect to our parents and our loved ones even though they are no longer with us in the physical form. There is emotion in this episode, there is humour and laughter in this episode too. It's raw, it's vulnerable, it's funny. Guys, you're going to get so much from this one. Please don't keep it to yourself. Please give it a review if you can. Share it across your platforms and social media. Share it with people that you know and care about that maybe need this right now. Have an absolutely gorgeous weekend and I'll see you all next week. She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie. Welcome to She Loves Herself, the podcast, and it's Navigating Grief Season. Welcome, Jenny Powell. Hello. Hello. I've spoke to you for a long time, my lady. I know, Jenny, it was funny because um, it would be a good few years ago that I came on your podcast, and I remember coming down to London, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet Jenny Powell. <laughs> I used to watch her on TV all the time when I was younger. I know, it's bizarre, isn't it? There's a lot of people that do that, and they go, oh! It's you, and because it, I think I think I started thirty six years ago, so that's thirty six years worth of sort of people remembering you, isn't it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Thirty six yeah. years worth of people, you know, having uh, grown up with you, and then having kids, and then their kids maybe watching, and are you on the TV and stuff. It's been sort of like quite a long old innings in that respect so yeah but don't worry yeah it's me hi it's so I know it's so good though because um my kind of era 
growing up was well 80s I was born in 1980 but it was the 90s early 90s and yeah, yeah. 90s watching you mm. um, and then I saw that you'd shared something actually on your Instagram yesterday oh no when you were 17 you were in Scotland actually up in Shetland yes yeah but you, you haven't really aged no everyone says that they all call me Benjamin Button and stuff like that I don't <laughs> know I it's not um I mean, I don't know. I don't really, I suppose in the career I've had and the industry I've been in, I could have really hammered it and I didn't. Mm. Uh, might be genetics as well because I'm South African. Both my parents were South African. One is still here with us. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I don't think about it. Don't stress myself out about yeah. it too much. I've got to be a certain, you know, way or a certain look or whatever. I just, uh, just do what I would have done anyway, whether I was in the uh, in the limelight or not. Uh, but at the moment, I think because of my age, because I'm 55 next year. Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like I want to be a bit more aspirational and sort of like, come on, girls. And I'm doing it, you know, doing it for all those 50 somethings now mm. and 40 somethings and 30 and 60 somethings. You know, it's just all for women to make the, you know, just make sure they're looking after themselves, you know, because yeah. there's a lot that's, well, it comes at you from all directions most of the time. It know. does. It does. Well, Jenny, you're you're aging well, sister. I'll tell you, you look amazing. Um, so I wanted to say thank you first of all for coming on to the podcast because mm-hmm. this is a this is a season that is a little bit unique mm. for my podcast, and it's actually quite unique for a lot of different podcasts. I think this is we're talking about grief and navigating grief, and it is something that. I don't hear a lot of people talking about. And just before we started hitting record, we were both saying that it's something that people, it's, you know, 100% of people will face death. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. No, yeah. No. And, and everyone that you know and that you love has a 100% chance of dying. <laughs> and it just terrifies us. It was like, well, thanks, gel water balloon. <laughs> but it, it's yeah. such a, it's a fact, right? But, Oh, it's this thing that we just avoid and no one really talks about. And I know that obviously I I lost my mom just a few months ago know, and your dad passed away as well this year, Jenny. Uh, last year. Last so, year. so Yeah, just last year. Yeah. But, you know, it's, um, yeah, I know for you, it'll be a lot more raw, obviously. Um, mm. And it's funny because I, you know, because of social media, et cetera, you know, I see all the people I've known except. And staff and when they say you know their their loved ones have passed away you know I I always feel like I want to reach out because I feel like mm. you know having just been through it not that long ago um I kind of get it you know mm. uh and uh the thing is it's it grief is something that's you know you, you've been through divorces I don't know mm. marriages mm-hmm. um, I don't know all sorts of trauma and and all, all sorts of ex- life experiences but the grief one there's really nothing quite like it uh <laughs> and it's something that that you will have with you I think and carry with you or for the rest of your days, but it, it, I don't. I don't want to make that sound negative because it's not. It's a process. You kind of grow with it. The one thing I will say out of grief and what and what happened with my dad passing, and I don't know whether you agree with what happened to your mum. Uh, it changes you. Yeah. That's all. That's my one line. I always say to it. They go, "How are you?" I go, well, it changes you. Yeah, yeah. and I don't think until you've ever. I was saying this to my sister. You know, I speak to her every day. 
and she struggles with it too we were so close to my mum like we saw her every day mm. and it does change you I I it's weird for people to hear that but I'm not the same person as I was yeah. Mm. I'm still me yeah. there's elements of me I'm still you know there's huge parts of me that is still me but yeah. something went when she went mm. yeah something went or something changed but yeah. I think you know I think in a way there's that with that close relationship you have um it, it's not so much it goes it's just that they've gone and you have to you have to kind of keep those embers going one way or another. It might be the same twinkle in the eye. It might be that same sense of humour. Um, but, you know, I think I think we, 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 we have a lot of them with us every day. It sounds a bit of a cliche, that, but I do think it's true. And I, I see my dad in my children or, you know, something I might say or do. Or, I mean, I've still got a bag full of his jumpers downstairs. Sometimes I just uh, I go in, I go downstairs in the basement and I sniff his jumpers. Yeah, and it still that. smells of him. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And I only bought, uh-huh. I could only bring myself to tell my mum about it. A couple of weeks ago, because I thought, oh, I wonder what she, wonder if she be, because I, I, I sort of grabbed them when I knew he was going into hospital, and then he came out. I sort of started to collect all these things. And I put them in a bag, and I just took them. Didn't even ask my mum, uh, and I brought it up with her a couple of weeks ago. But it's fine, you know, they're there. And I said, oh, when you're ready, mum, I'll bring them back, and maybe you want to wear a few or whatever. You can have them made into teddy bears. Well, you can have them made into blankets and stuff. We were talking mm. about this, my sister and I, the whole thing with the sniffing, right? I mm. get it. My mum had a smell. Yeah. And it was such a, it's that comfort, right? So, you know, I do, I do work. I do a lot of sort of healing and spiritual work. And I do believe yeah. that she's around me and it gives me comfort. But right now it's not the same. Like mm. the 42 years of me being on planet Earth, that humanness, I I don't want her here how she was because she deserved better than she had in our last two years living and um, because she wasn't really living you know no. she was existing towards very much the end but she still thought she wanted to be here and it, it's so heartbreaking yeah but that smell it just that comfort I remember yeah. even being a kid if my mom went out like for a week like for a night like she's been with my stepdad since I was three right so mm. they've always been together but he never moved in with us until I was 17 she always wanted to protect us and kept us quite separate and that was my mm. partner and so on but whenever she went away to stay over with him I would smell her clothes <laughs> I was a real mummy's girl right yeah I missed her I used to just like hold on or like talk or something and just that smell always gave me that safety and comfort so I totally mm. get it. I yeah. Totally get it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just nice to talk about it because you probably find a lot of people listening or, you know, those people that we do know that are grieving and say, oh gosh, I do that as well. Yeah. You know, and it's just talking about things. I mean, you know, nobody's, nobody talks about it until it happens. And then they don't really want to talk about it either. Know. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's trying to encourage a sort of, a positive, uh, not necessarily doom and gloom sort of mm. um, vibe, isn't it, with people? Because I think it's people who haven't been through it that struggle as well. Yeah, um, comfortable. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I had a guy, right, when my mum died, I was down um, getting the kids from school and she'd only passed about a week 
And there was this like coffee shop up from the school and the kids finished early on a Friday and they wanted some lunch. So I went in and I was waiting outside the dog. So my youngest went in to pay for it. And this guy came out that I'd known for years. I went to school with him and he used to stay opposite us when we were kids. Mm. And he saw me and he crossed the road really quickly, right? Mm. But I just was like, I was a known bit of world then. So I kind of re- never really noticed. I just, he just said, oh, hi. And he kind of was like as quick as he could run across the road. And then he actually found me on Messenger on Facebook and he messaged me like within 20 minutes and said, I am so, so sorry. Oh, I so didn't, can... Yeah, I didn't know what to say. And oh. I feel terrible that I just bolted across the road. But I knew how close you and your sister were to your mom, and she was a lovely lady. And I am so sorry. I just didn't know what to say. But it actually made me think so much of him mm. to find me and message yeah. me because I thought, yeah, I get it. It's it, sometimes people just, oh, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to run away from you. Yeah, yeah. And it is tricky. What do you say? You know, but most people I've realized on my survey, uh, they normally say how wonderful, you know. Yeah. that person is and what they remember us their memories of them um which is lovely um but I do yeah I mean for me I suppose it switched things now so if I do you know if there are people that I have um experienced uh, passing um I'm more up for just saying it how it is because you, you yeah. can resonate with it can't you it all resonates but yeah it's a funny old thing it's a funny well, old it thing. Is, it is. And it's the, as I said, it's like the thing that everyone's guaranteed, right, is grief and death. And yeah. But we're so scared to talk about it. And and again, this thing where people don't want to talk about it. And it made me think the other day when I was, was preparing for putting this podcast season together. And I thought, well, isn't it funny that people don't want to talk about it? And I thought, well, if I died, would I want to be forgotten? Would I want people no. never to talk about me? I mean, I wouldn't want people sitting crying like 24-7 for like... Maybe a party. <laughs> but but I, would, do. I wouldn't want to be forgotten. Would mm. you want to be forgotten? No, that's why I think it's so important that you always bring, you know bring those people up in conversations as much as you can. Because um, I think you think a lot of things, you think, oh, I won't say that because people think I'm being more, oh, I'm bringing that up again. But I think you should I think you should speak about them as much as you can. I do with the children. In fact, was it Polly, my youngest, she's 14. She only today, yeah, there was like, she was flicking through her Snapchat or whatever it is. And there was this guy, uh, he was a granddad and he was dancing and singing and she went, Who's that remind you of? And I went, Granddad. And she went, Yeah, doesn't it? Uh, and I thought, Oh, good. I thought, Oh, good. So she's she's bringing yeah. up stuff. So, oh, yeah. I'm glad. So she obviously realizes from the way we've all been that, you know, we should always talk about him. And we, we do, we do a lot, actually. Do you? Yeah, I. Oh, it's quite more, more to me, my sister. We were like, um, every four and, and then. Yeah, and I, I I do talk about her, and I my kids are still quite young, and it, I mm. really want them to remember her. Like mm. I know, like Jude, you know, he's eleven. He 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 remembers things from when he was like born. I think. I mean, I swear, like I'm like, how can you remember that when you were two? But he remembers everything. But my youngest, Eden, he only ever probably remembers my mum being ill. Yeah, and I remember my sister being really upset, saying like Lexi and Jude will remember mum, but. Their memories and and Eden might, but 
their memories are always of her being ill. Mm. And and my mum was at the birth of both of my children as well as my partner, but my mum was wow. there. Yeah. So she was there. Wow. She's just one of those people that, ah, she just made you feel like you mattered, Jenny, like yeah. that you were safe and you were important and your voice mattered. Mm. And mm. But she was never... She brought us up to believe that we were important, but never too important to look down on anyone. Mm. And so that is in me and it's in my sister and it's in my kids and it's in anyone that was around her. But I just, I always want them to remember her that she, before she was sick, she yeah. was well. Like I was yeah, yeah. my grandparents always been old. Mm. Like I don't remember them being young, but my mum was a young mum until she started to get really sick. But I guess I just need to keep reminding the children like the youngest one he always dresses up all the time but he came in and my, I've got a pole in my bedroom Jenna like a pole dance pole and the youngest one comes <laughs> in he starts swinging around at me and I sat a hat on and he was singing like Jingle Bell Rock and I was laughing and then I started crying because mm. I thought my mum would be laughing so much so much from her belly wouldn't she she yeah. would be laughing so much and, and yeah. he knew though they're so intuitive kids and he came mm. over and he gave me a hug and I, and I said, oh, and he said, are you okay, mommy? And I said, oh, I was just crying at happiness and sadness because I think granny would just be laughing so much at you, Eden. And he was like, he was like, it gets it, you know, and yeah. I don't want to hide it. I think that that's it because I think when we bottle up our emotion, the danger we've got is that we can sink into a dark place and yeah, yeah. shut ourselves away. You know, when we're always pushing our emotions away, it starts to really... <clears throat> manifest. Manifest. The, yeah. And then we get... You know, yeah. I've had people reach out to me, Jenny, when I said I was putting this together, saying, I'm glad you're doing this. You know, I lost my mum six years ago and I blocked it out and now it's hitting me. Mm. Um, I've, you know, and I'm really struggling because, again, I think there's this thing where we don't want to burden people with our emotions no. or we, we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable yeah. by talking or crying. But if we maybe just, like, integrate grief a little mm. bit each day or whenever we feel it and we allow it to come, it doesn't manifest into this mm. big, massive thing where we end up completely and utterly overwhelmed for days and weeks and months. Mm. It sounds good that you've got your sister. It really does as well. I'm lucky. We've been yeah. through a lot together and, you know, we've been on that journey with mom, like never missed a oncology appointment, all of us, you know, for that's 19 years she mm. had cancer on and off and you know we've never missed it I was thinking about her oncologist yesterday again as I was driving I'm like I wonder if she knows my mum's died so mm. we were like random thing I wonder if she knows my mum's died and mm. but it's funny how people reach out and I never I, I don't know I'd love to ask you about this as well Jenny because when my mum passed away the amount of love that I oh, received yeah. from people yeah. was just my heart like whilst it was like broken and full simultaneously it was like I feel so sad mm. I feel so freaking loved mm. you yeah like yeah I think we're it's interesting because I've got a brother and sister but we're all quite detached actually which is quite sad in fact we, it's worse since my dad died so that's that's unfortunate but I have a huge amount of friends and um uh like I'm really I'm close by to my mom and everything but for us, uh, yeah, I was sort of inundated. More, it was weird because I, I kind of put it on social media. I just got this sort of like 
great outpouring yeah. of people sending me stuff. I thought, this is, is this weird? This is weird. These are complete strangers. But I started to flick through all these messages and there were some really amazing, beautiful ones. And also because of social media on the plus side, there were loads of people from my past who obviously follow me because they remember me from when I was a kid and I or knew my dad. So there were loads of people said, oh yeah, your dad used to drink with me in the pub in, you know, 19... 19- 75 and oh he was such a great character so it was it was sort of like um yeah it worked both ways really so yeah I did I, you know I, I felt sort of I, I think I was surprised really at, at that reaction but as for sort of like feeling I don't know I, we're all very we're like a lot of my family we're a bit like islands really mm-hmm. so I tend to go off and do my own thing and so does everyone else even my mother mm-hmm. so we're still like that uh, yeah. so it's a different kind of so we're not that receptive to like you say this this output yeah outpouring yeah uh, yeah, it's interesting. So I oh, don't know how yeah. that's going to be a few years down the line. Like you say, when you're a bit of an island, that'll be interesting because I don't know whether, you know, I don't I don't let many people in at all. Like my daughter's Connie, she doesn't want to talk about it. The elder one, she has her own moments in her own way. Um, Polly's, you know, she's 14. She brings things up every now and again, but nobody's really, you know, since the funeral, I'd say you know we're talking 18 months ago nobody's we've never all really sat down again since and had a good old sob or anything so it's interesting everyone copes differently they do they do that thing where you said around receptive to it Mm. and and this is something that is funny because my mum never really received although everyone loved her and used to tell her she got so uncomfortable ever mm. receiving. She was like, weird. Yeah, yeah. Not, not. And it was funny because my sister and I were like that until I started to do this work on myself like five mm. years ago. I found it so uncomfortable to receive. I was like, get away. And I didn't like anyone getting too close. And yes, yeah. You would never think that now because I'm like, I'm not like that now. But honestly, my hardwired habit was definitely to push people away and I couldn't allow my heart to fully receive from anyone probably apart from you know kids Mm. like that kind of but it was uh, yeah so when it it definitely changed me and obviously then I went away and and did my whole um, healing thing in Bali and Mm. that was just another (laughs) Was that it? Was oh, oh, I amazing. saw it. looked fantastic. I was like, oh, it man. looked fantastic. It was, but, uh, no. but was it, it was the most emotionally much? challenging thing I've ever done. Ah, uh, okay. It's it's it. Oh my god, it's it's changed me again. It's changed me again, and it's. Do you think it was too up. much too soon, or was it a good thing? Or was well, it? Well, you know, soon? do you know it's a great question because I think to many people, including my family, they were like, "What? Like, this is too close." You can't tell me though, Jenny. No. Once I get something in my head, that's it. Um, no one can tell me. And uh, I went over there and from the second I got on the flight, it was just a disaster. Right. <laughs> but, but it was one thing after another, but it was an absolute ego death. And I feel like I had to go through. I would never have processed grief um, to that level had I been here because there's just so many distractions. You can cry for a few minutes and then you're like, okay, oh, yeah. I need to go on now. I've got stuff to do and 
need to go on with my work or go, mm-hmm. go get the kids. And so then the distractions are there or even just the TV or something, some piece of work can just distract us. Whereas when I was there, there was nothing, nothing. to distract me. And I was at the other side of the world. Mm. So I had no one to phone when I needed someone. So I was in the mire. And there was one time uh, in there, I had, and I've, ne- I've never cried like this in my life. Three days I couldn't get out of bed. Three days I was in a room in Bali and I, I just, could, I never ate for two weeks. I couldn't get Whoa. out of bed. And this was at me. My sister was worried. She's like, I'm, you need to come home now. Enough's enough. And I'm like, but Daryl was great. He's like, don't come. You're here for a reason. Just do it. Go through what you need to go through. And I worked with, you know, different people over there to support me in the space, but they weren't home and they didn't get it. Mm. But yeah, it, I mean, it changed me. And I'm not saying everyone should just bugger off to Bali when they lose mm. someone, but that was my journey. And I mm. wanted to, I wanted to be pushed into grief. I wanted to feel and I wanted to work on how I could receive more, how I could learn from this and start to honour grief and how could I take it with me without feeling like I need to lock it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that's definitely helped. And I think coming back, I then said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this podcast together and I want to support people in this space. I'm not an expert on grief, absolutely not, but But who is? Who yeah. is? Who is, right? I don't know about all that, you know. I mean, who really is? So I wouldn't, you know, I I don't know. I think it, experiencing it is when you you know, makes you an expert. Yeah, really, definitely. Uh, and you can only, you know, you can share your your side of things, but um, and I think it's it's brilliant that you're doing this. Um, you know, I really do, and I think there should um there should be more doors open for people to feel like they can just, you know, just go in and out when they feel the need um, and then bugger off to Bali. I feel a film coming on. Bugger off to Bali. (laughs) Let's call it bugger off to to Bali. I mean, when you're talking about your dad, Mm. were you quite close to your dad? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was like, literally, uh, we were two peas in a pod. In fact, my partner, Martin, he always says, you wouldn't do what you do if it hadn't been for your dad. You're, you know, he is, uh, he was just, <laughs> he, uh, his character and his, his, the, just the way he was with people. I mean, to this day, both my daughters, everyone goes, oh my gosh, you're so like granddad. That is exactly, oh, you know, again, my eldest daughter, she's 21 now. We went somewhere, she went, oh, I'm just waiting. I'm just sitting, she, she, she was sitting down in a cafe and it takes me half an hour to get across a room because I want to talk to everyone and say hi. Um, and she said, you're just like granddad. Not because of what I do, but because uh, I just like a nice energy and I like to spread the love. Yeah. And she went, you're just like granddad. She said, I've been sitting here for five minutes watching you and you're exactly the same. And you actually try and catch people's eyes so that then you can, you know, have a little conversation. Yeah. She said, you're exactly the same. And I went, I know I am. I said, well, I've got to do it even more now because he's not here. Well, that's um, it. You've been promoted. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. So, um, I th- yeah, I was incredibly close to my my father. More, yeah, more than I could probably manage to say. If I, if I'd spoke in detail about how close I was, I'd probably cry a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a big, massive part of me. Mm-hmm. Huge. Brian's welcome. Huge. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that even from you as you're speaking, your energy. I totally feel that. Right. Yeah. There's that bond 
ah, it's it's just he just one look. He 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 just look at me. He, he always knew. He knew everything about me. You know, when I walked in the room, he knew how I felt. He 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 just. But he was also one of those people who he was just completely and utterly, utterly uh, unforgettable. You know, there's people that have met him for like uh, five minutes. Uh, and funnily enough, uh, uh, the week before my dad's funeral, um, I was in a, a big, big sort of like department store and this random lady tapped me on the shoulder and she went, oh, excuse me. She said, I hate to bother you. She said, but um, how's your dad? And it was so bizarre. And I went, what? And she went, oh, your, your, your dad. She said, I was just talking about your dad last night to my husband because a year ago we went to this place and your dad came to sit down with his walking stick and he bought me and my family all a little drink. And she said he was just the loveliest man. He was chatted about how proud he was of you, you know, because obviously that's why she knew that he was my dad. And she said, we were just talking about him yesterday, saying what, a, what a, a unique and what an amazing guy he was. And she said, and now you're here. And then I just burst into tears and I was like, uh, he died last week. And she said, I'm so sorry. I said, you know what? I think you were meant to come and tell me that. I said, because now I've got something to say in the eulogy. <laughs> and I started with that because I said that was my dad all over. Everywhere I go, people say, how's your dad? He's a one. He's such a character. Oh, I'll never forget your dad. I only met him once, but... Uh, yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, what so, a gift. What a I gift, know. Right? But isn't that you're like, is that pr- you're so proud, right? Mm. Of your dad. Imagine that being. Imagine that being your dad. Like I didn't have that. You know, I didn't. Mm. I didn't have my. You know, my stepdad was around, and, and he's a great guy. But mm. I didn't have a dad. You know, dad, dad. My dad wasn't. You know, he's separate with my mum when she was. My sister was two and she was mm-hmm. like eight months pregnant with me, but he passed away like three years ago, just about mm-hmm. this time actually. But we went to let we went to say to him in the hospital because he'd asked to see as he was dying. And we went in. He was 68 when he died. And we went in and he was upset and he was saying, I'm sorry, I wasn't there. And we just said, Look, you know, it mm-hmm. was actually it was the best thing because had you been in our life, our lives would never have been as good as they are. My mum mm-hmm. did such a great job. And if mm-hmm. he'd have been in and out, we might not have turned out how we no. turned out. And I said to him, just, you know, go in peace. And he died that night. He mm-hmm. cried and he shut his eyes and he passed away that night. I didn't have that relationship with my dad. But the way no. you speak about your dad, mm. like, wow. Yeah. yeah, he was. he was just... He was just, uh, I mean, he was South African. Both my parents are South African. So he was a Cape Colored. So he came from District 6, which, you know, they escaped apartheid um, back in the 50s to come here. You know, you got to remember this guy, I think a lot of his makeup was he was a people pleaser. You know, I think he came here, he was the wrong colour. He'd come from a place, you know, he'd come from apartheid where he was treated in such an awful way and then he came here and he couldn't quite believe that he could go to the pub with a white man and he could go you know get on a bus with a white person and you know that he could get a job and work alongside a white guy and I think that's why he's always since he came here you know he 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 made the most of um certainly being memorable but also 
you know, just wanting to make everyone laugh and uh, to make everyone comfortable. And it might have been because of what he, where he's come from and maybe to make himself feel comfortable. So he would always be the one to light up a room, you know. And considering what I've done in my career, et cetera, if my dad was in the room, he's the one that lit up the room, not me. You know, he was the one that everybody wanted to listen to. Everybody wanted him to entertain us all. Um, he was a complete and utter one-off, I have to say. And, you know, I know everyone's biased, but he just had that that extra bit of uh, magic. And uh, and I think when you we have people like that, you know, their energy, it never disappears. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's quite quite a thing, quite a thing to to get your head around now, you know, because I'm kind of working out. I go and talk to him quite a lot. I always go outside in the backyard and have a chat. Yeah, I always do that. Yeah, I always have a quick chat and I'm like, all right, Dad. I was going to ask you, do you believe in afterlife as in spirit that he's still around? Uh, well, funnily enough, when, when he had, because uh, he had palliative care and he was, he had... Uh, yeah, he was at home for a bit before he went into the hospice. And uh, I remember one of the nurses obviously preparing him a bit and sort of saying, so, Les, you know, do you do you believe in, in life after death? And uh, he just went, well, nobody's come back to tell me about it. <laughs> um, so uh, for me, I believe in something, but I, uh, I just think we're in energy. We're a huge bundle of sparks and energy that oh, yeah. goes on elsewhere, but not necessarily in the way that we are now. That's what I believe so far. That's what I've worked out. Yeah, yeah. spirit, energy. Uh-huh. And do you ever, when you're chatting to him, have you ever said, like, give me a sign? Have you ever heard, like, something's happened when you've been like, oh, my gosh. Oh, this bit, yeah. There's quite a few things like that. I mean, there's always the white feathers, but then, you know, the kids are always really... Yeah, they just like pee on my cornflakes and say, yeah, but you've got pillows everywhere, mum. No, but I'm like, there's a feather. But um, I, I, I took mum, we had to go and choose. Um, this is another very practical, but, you know, it has to be done. We had to go and choose a little spot in the um, uh, at the cemetery to, mm-hmm. to put dad. And uh, there were a couple of like plots given to us and we were sitting there on the bench and thinking, should we get that one or that one? And I, I said, no, nah, mum, it's got to be this one. There's just a tree that just comes over and the sun will come down. And my dad liked the sun. I said, I think you should be in the sun whenever we get it, you know. And uh, we said, yeah, that one. So I put, I wrote down, I had a little pad and pen and I wrote down B6 or whatever it was for that plot. And as we said it, this robin out of nowhere, and it was the summer, it wasn't the winter, wow. this robin just sat on that little bit of plot, that plot. And I was like, there you go. There's yeah. Les. I'm always like, there's Les, there's Les. So yeah. I, I, there are signs all the time. And then I think mum and my my eldest, they were talking about him in the car. My eldest was driving my mum somewhere. Uh, my mum was like, oh, you know, how are you getting on, Connie, about your granddad? She said, no, no, it's all right. It's all right. I'm all right. She's one of those. No, I'm all right. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm fine. I'm fine. And um, as they did it, this uh, car pulled up in front of them and, and it had a private number plate with LES on it. 
And they were like, oh, just got a ghost bump. I know. This is it. And they're all, honestly. All over. Like, yeah. And, we don't, and this is the thing, so many of us don't trust it, though. No. We don't trust it. We're like, oh, it's just a coincidence. And, and how much do you want them to do? I know. Well, Jenny, I'll share a story, right? When I, yeah. I actually wrote a blog about this, because I want to give people hope, right, that, that, mm. that we can still connect if we want mm. to. They're not fully gone, right? So... When I was coming back from Bali, I was sitting on the flight and I had to stop off at Dubai and yeah. oh, Bali to Dubai and then Dubai to Glasgow. And I was on the flight and I got talking to this woman and she was there with her son and her husband. And she was lovely and she was chatting away and she said, oh, why are you here? And I told her, I said, oh, my mum passed away. I've just come here to sort of look at, you know, navigating grief. And she's like, oh, that's so brave. She said, um, you know, my, my brother committed suicide and she said it was actually like 18 years ago and I I miss him so much. We were so close and, mm. and she was a lovely, she had a lovely, calm, kind energy. And she said, do you um, ever ask for signs? She says, because I get signs from my brother all the time. It's always mm-hmm. rainbows. And, you know, whenever I say, if you're around, you know, show me a rainbow and I'll see a rainbow. And I said to her, well, you know, I said, sometimes I hear songs or I'll, I'll start singing a song in my head. I'm like, where's this song coming from? And then I'll get Alexa to play it. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's like, that's so like, like it's like, yeah, I'm talking to me through this song. She said, ask her for a sign, like just ask her for another sign. It's a really, really clear sign. So I got off the flight to Dubai and we're stopped over for a few hours and I'd got my mobile phone. I went and bought a SIM card in Dubai because it was like 30 quid a minute for a phone call. So I got a Dubai SIM card. So I went to the Apple shop in Dubai and I couldn't work. I need one of those pins to get the SIM out to put my old yeah. Apple, like my old iPhone, like normal SIM back in. And I said, have you got one of those pins so I can take out this old SIM card? So the lady put the pin in, I took the SIM card out and I put my SIM back in and I turned my phone back on and it flashed up. You have 21 voicemails, unheard voicemails from my mum mobile, 21. Oh, wow. Not a single voicemail from anyone else. And I, I, I screenshotted it. 21 in a row and it all said my mum and they'd not even been heard wow. and honestly and I'd had such a rough ride in Bali and I, I started I thought Cav I've got this in my locker to listen to this and I started listening to the first one and she said it was her voice before she started her voice wasn't her voice so much anymore and it was from like January 2021 so before she went and to I had her stroke and she said Hi, Jill, it's your mum. I just want to check that you're okay and tell you I love you. And every one of them, I just want to check wow. you. Okay, yeah. darling, Jill, I love you. Yeah. Oh, Jenny, honestly, wow. I was wow. just like... If that isn't a sign, I don't know what what is. is. Yeah, what is exactly? I mean, she couldn't have been more clear, could she, what she was saying and getting through to you, you know, and that's That's what you've got to recognize and embrace it. And then for open, you know, for anyone that's listening to this, and if you've been through grief or you're navigating grief right now, like be open to be open and say, well. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to open up that space. I think it is our energy. If we are so closed off, then we don't get the signs, right? Yeah, you have to be receptive to it, definitely, in whatever way that may be, in your own way. Um, you know, and if you want to be in private and do it and just look up and, I don't know, say, come on. Where are you? What are you going to do for me? You know, then then do it that way. But uh, 
it or write things down as well. I think that's quite a nice thing to do. Maybe write to to them, um, but sniff their jumpers, whatever <laughs> it takes. I like the writing down as well. I think that's mm. it. You know, we can write them letters and we can, we don't, you know, there's nowhere to send it, right? But <laughs> I think even just allowing ourselves to fully help that process by writing down because a lot of the time we just keep all these emotions in Mm. it gets a lot if we can just sort of even keep a bit of a journal or write some Mm. stuff down it is it really really helps I mean I have a a sort of ritual that I do and it's helped me so much and it never it never takes away the fact that they're not here and I think one of the things that people had said to me and I'd love to ask you this, Jenny, was around regrets, mm. you know, having regrets. And, mm-hmm. you know, you said you, your dad, you know, was in a hospice. I I fortunately, you know, and for some people it's not, but I had the opportunity to say the things I wanted to say to my mum. Yes, yes, yeah. And I'm so blessed for that. I'm so mm. glad. I know it's it's that's where I really do feel for people who maybe didn't get that opportunity for whatever reason, especially in the last few years when all that went on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even mention it. The C word. Yeah, I can't mention I it. I get too angry. Um, <clears throat> so uh, but yes, I was fortunate enough. In fact, you know, these hospices, I mean, I I was just. I'm I was completely overwhelmed and humbled by what they do um and they sort of time things as well you know I was up north where they were so it wasn't so bad for me but you know they kind of called me and said oh I think your brother and sister should come up soon and we've got a room you know and I thought all oh, right what you want to come up now now and they were like yeah they should come now and uh we were all there but the night before he died I stayed at the hospice and uh, I just was reading up about you know the last breath and when people are you know on their you know on their dying bed or whatever you want to call it and uh it was like right the breathing goes like this then it changes to this uh their skin goes sort of like this marbly waxy kind of uh state and um they their eyes will be closed they don't they haven't really eaten for ages but they can hear everything so i was like right okay so the next day uh the day died i put on this amazing um documentary uh i don't know if you've seen it it's called is it called the octopus teacher it's no, about a guy about yeah so this is in South Africa, but it was actually filmed in the sea where my dad used to swim. And the guy that does the documentary has this lovely South African voice. I thought, well, he can't see anything, but he'll be able to hear the sea. And it's that sea. And he'll be able to hear a South African voice. Uh, and I put that on. And then literally it was like textbook. Like his skin was waxy anyway by then. And he hadn't had his eyes open for a couple of days. But I kept saying to him, he can hear, he can hear, he can hear. And then I, I listened to his breathing. I went, oh, Mom, his, bre- his breathing's changed. His breathing's changed. This is it. And uh, literally, that was it. And then he took his last breath. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting because I've kind of done this whole textbook thing to see myself through it. Yeah. Uh, and we were all very lucky because we were there. But then, of course, I mean... <laughs> at the hospice I said look you know keep talking to her because even though he's taking his last breath they can 
they can hear you for you know about a minute and a half. So in the, and then we were going, love you, dad, love you, love you, and everyone was fighting over each other to say <laughs> their final words, like scrambling to get stuff in oh. in the last minute and a half. And you know, it does make me smile. Love but, you more. Love yeah, you love you. Yeah, I, get out of the I way. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's so bizarre, oh. isn't it? But um, oh, it's yeah, so we were it's lucky. So sad. It's so I know. Sad. I remember the breath. That yeah. battle and and then gone. Oh, do you know? And then you're like, wow, oh, God, it's so sad. And I honestly felt like crying when we were speaking there. It just takes me back to being in hospital. Well, and mm. the, the my mum was in a nursing home, and I hated that for her because she was the youngest mm. person in there. But because it, you know, it was a cancer that spread to her brain, that mm. and she fought that and she won that battle. But then. Mm the brain damage that she had from the radiotherapy caused the strokes that then caused dementia, that then caused her just everything just to fall apart. And then, and when she was in hospital, we got the phone call to say, like, when we were away, I'd, oh, and it was such a weird thing because I wasn't going to, I knew, I knew something had changed and we'd been there all the time. My sister was in Turkey at the time and I joined her for, I'd had this villa and, I was there for a few days and I just knew and I just had this feeling and anyway, they phoned us and said, like, things aren't great, can you come back? So we were literally here two days, dropped everything, got a flight back, we had to go to Manchester, mm. and train at Manchester, up to there and we got there. My friends were with her and my mm. stepdad and they were oh. saying, Fiona, hold on because the girls are coming back and oh my oh, God. Wow. And, they, and they were saying... And they she, wait, they wait. She waited. She yeah, waited they do wait. Said, um, she won't, Janine, my friend, and Lee had said, she, and the nurses were like, this is like, this is imminent. And, and they just kept saying, Fiona, you know, you need to wait. And she did. And as soon as we walked in, mm. she opened her eyes and she gave us three days. Wow. And we just lay with her. And, yeah. But when she, oh, it was just, I remember saying to her, she was so scared to die in though. She didn't want to die. She wasn't. Yeah. No. She was so scared. And I was Fighting. like, Mom, do you know it's okay? And, yeah, she's like, she was trying to speak and say, yeah. I don't want to go, and I, I know. Oh, it's so sad. But... It's so sad. It is, oh. and it's. Um, uh, I think for my dad, at one point, he was asking me, saying, "Please give me something. I need to go now." But then he'd be, he'd be in this whole turmoil. Then the next day, he just didn't want to leave us, you know. Uh, and he kept. He was given two weeks to live, and he lasted twelve. You know, and that's a funny time though, because you're almost mm. grieving already. You know, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, you must have done it for a long time as well. Yeah. And, you know, so it, it, your emotions are really quite unique at that point. And um, I found that, uh, you know, I'd have these conversations with him where I think, oh, does he want me to, does he want to go today or doesn't he want to go today? You know, and do I want him to go today? And You know, but deep down, you know, the inevitable and you are like, you just need to go, you yeah, know, and they wait. You, then you feel yeah. that you have to give them permission. permission. Yeah. And that. you have to promise them that everything's going to be all right. And all is like, what about your mom? What about your mom? And I was like, mom will be fine. I'll look after, I promise, you know, and you never forget those words. You never forget those promises you make to that person. And I never will, oh. you know, and um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a, uh, 
yeah, phone her up every day. Make sure I take her out for a scone and a cup of tea and I'm ticking yeah. a box or two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it, I'm doing it, Dad. Yeah, I'm doing I'm keeping it. keeping my promise. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm keeping my promise. Don't yeah. worry, please. I know. It's, so, it's mad, isn't it? It's like, I remember when she went and um, she was still warm and honestly, it felt like she was still in the room of her energy, her spirit. I, mm. I said to my mum and Bobby, my stepdad, she's still here. And even then, like, I'm more spiritual than them. I think my sister's sometimes like, oh, cool, maybe I'll leave yeah. it. But then my stepdad's like, okay, whatever. But it, all of us said, we feel her. We fell yeah. in the room. And I and that energy in her hand and, until, like, the undertaker came and took it away. Yeah, and yeah. And then she started getting cold. And it was like, I was speaking to her, even though, like, it was just her body, mm. like, I remember phoning people to tell them that she had passed. Mm. And I would say to her, right, that's so-and-so. I've just told them, Mum, did you hear that? And she mm. wasn't that close to my uncle or brother. I shouldn't really say this. Hopefully he's not listening to the podcast. But I remember phoning and I was so upset because I just thought, how, 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 why, why were you never, like, check with my mum? Like, mm. why did you never? Like, you've got your mm. He's obviously working through his stuff and whatever. Yeah. But I remember I got up the phone and going, just phone time, baby. He's fucking a bit arsehole or something. I'll say something like that. You don't even check on your mum. You just phone time. I was like, but I laughed. I was doing it in a jokey way because I thought she would probably just laugh and be like, who cares? Mm. You know, like, my mum was very much like, as long as she had her core... Yeah, exactly. People, yeah. The others can like, come and go. Whatever. It's yeah. like all that mattered to her were like my sister, me, and the kids, you know, like that was yeah. what all she world. Yeah. used to say to me, Why are you doing that? Like, if I ever wanted to go away somewhere, she's like, Why do you want to do that? Like, she's just like a whole bird. Mm. Like, similar, we're so similar in some ways, but so different in other ways. But yeah, I mean, her legacy and your dad's like that legacy, mm. you know, it's like, who's going to tell their story? And it's down to us. It is. That's what I keep telling. I keep saying to people, you know, and also they're a generation of people that did have stories <laughs> and they were wanted yeah. to share them, but not just on social media. Uh, yeah. You know, they're the ones that used to sit you down and, you know, there'd be no TV on, no gadgets on, and you'd sit down and listen to their stories. And those storytellers, you know, they are disappearing. Um, and I think it's down to our generation really to make sure that it continues one way or another and, the, and that we talk about them in those stories. You know, it's down to us to make stories up about them now. Um, we'll not make them up, but, you know, tell stories. Yeah, you tell the stories. Yeah, I think so. Us. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and, and and at this time of year as well with Christmas, et cetera, it's difficult. But you're, this is your first Christmas then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, it, you know, it, it'll it'll... It'll be okay. It will be. Yeah, it, we'll have our moments and yeah, it's well, a we, process. Were, we we had our last year with us and we didn't think we were going to get it out. But my sister no. and I are kind of like dogs with bones when it comes to my mom. And even with she had she was in hospital with COVID. Well, she didn't have COVID. She no. was in hospital. And of course, they weren't letting us in. I swear, me and my sister camped outside the hospital until they let us in. Like we were like, no, we're not accepting that. Oh yeah, we're not accepting that. Oh, that's what we're I did. That. I was like, sorry. Oh, I remember, and someone trolled about me doing this because when I oh. went to Valley, I was getting trolled. From oh, Valley. but someone had written. Don't on, read it, by the way. Any I of know, that? I didn't. You're I always. Didn't. Oh, good. I did. But someone told me that they'd said, oh, she was in. Um, 
she actually was, she, somebody had said, oh, yeah, she was bragging about getting in to see her mum when COVID was on. And, and I said, Not bragging, you're thinking for yourself, looking back at it now, I wonder what that person's got to say. I know. Do you and know what? I was thinking, I'm so unfolded. glad. I'm actually so freaking glad I did. Yeah. Because you know what? I'm not let I wasn't well I wasn't and as everyone's different right but for me and my sister my mum needed us yeah and I'm not I'm not doing the real thing when it comes to her because well not when not everybody else love- is doing it and half of the rules don't even make sense anyway but that's another podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> no but we did and, and you know what I I, I do it again and mm. some people would like that but I do it again because I that's one thing I do not regret. No, as good the, for you. What we did and, and during that, that those last few years, at, at any opportunity we were there, and yeah, some people will think we well, but to be but honest, every, uh, you know, let them have their opinion. But yeah. all that trolling, you just don't don't look at it. Don't look I at know. it. I, I don't. Know. Anything nah. like that. Oh, it's always nah. comment. Is it mail online comments? Never look at those. No, they're, they're never the look worst. at those. They're the worst. <laughs> I, might, I might actually dig them all out actually over Christmas just for a laugh. I might get everybody to read out the worst ones if I've if I've had a cuddle or two. It might actually might be quite a funny game oh to play or not. But yeah, you so do Christmas you do. for you this year, Jenny. Right? Obviously, you know it's still early for you. Not yeah. having your dad around. Do you feel yeah. it does? Do you feel this time of the year does? Heighten the, a, the grief. a little bit. Uh, it, I don't know. It just makes me more. I just reminisce a lot more. You know, songs mean a lot more to me than they did. Uh, and you know, I yeah, Christmas Day. We we always are quite quiet anyway. There's just uh, just me and the girls and my mum um, and Martin um, and might get a couple of friends. But we we we'll. we'll we always sort of do a quiet Christmas, um, but last year was actually fine. I think we all surprised ourselves. So, you probably surprised yourself, yeah. actually, because there's, you know, it's it, you're all together, though, aren't you, as well? And you're all thinking the same thing um, and you're going through it together. But, yeah, it, it actually was absolutely fine. Well, yeah. it was for us. So, yeah, it's just a quiet one, really. I don't cook, so I've got all mine frozen and ready made and I chuck it in the freezer on the 22nd and get it out on the 25th and it takes two hours. There no peeling are. potatoes, Boom. no nothing. No, Boom. not me. <laughs> Boom. Not me. Boom. No, nah, so it's not happening. Oh, well, we're doing what a little doing? bit different this year because um, we usually have it in mind and I have everyone. So I have my sister and her family, well, her daughter and my brother-in-law and Daryl's mum and dad and my mum. And yeah. Everyone comes here. Ugh. So this year, it was 17 and I'm like, I can't do it this year. No. I just, I'm just not yeah. feeling the, the vibe yeah. for that. So we're having it at my sister's. So we're splitting it this year. So Daryl's mum and dad and stuff, they're going away to his brothers and we're uh, just having it at my sister's. So it's a little change of a venue, which maybe changes it up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that's a good year. idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, listen, I'll cry. I don't Well, I know I will, but that's okay because I feel like the more that I just allow myself to have those moments when they come and make space for them, they pass. Mm. Yeah, know, they do. They pass quicker rather than trying to ignore it. If I feel it coming, it coming. Like I was recording yeah. a podcast yesterday. I don't know if you follow Donna Ashworth. So Donna Ashworth, she's got the books um, Love, Loss and Life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I had her on and then I started to read one of her poems about Christmas without your mum. 
oh my god I've got two lines in Janie I'm falling I couldn't even get it I was like oh Jesus but again it's that's real life right we yeah 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 lots of emotions yeah, of course. And like you say, it's the thing is, it's the one thing that's going to happen to all of us. Everyone's going to go through grief. Everyone. Yeah. And everyone's going to die as well. On that happy yeah. note, no, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we all are. It's, it's we part love of, hard. That's part of loving, It's right? part of loving, but also, you know, I keep saying to me, listen, it's part of life. It is. It is part of Don't life. Don't try and change it or... No, because it's not... Or ignore it or force it. We've got to feel it. It is yeah. inevitable. And yeah. when we so, love hard, we hurt hard too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, Jenny, thank you so much. It's for a pleasure. I love your jumper, by the way. Look at me. I'm just like in my vest. Like I think it's the summer. Well, I just... Well, do you know what? I thought, well, this is going to go out before Christmas. So might as yeah. well start looking a little bit. I'm so sorry. I don't Did you like my wings? Look at my butterfly wings. I was wondering what that was. Gosh, they're very... Yeah. Oh, I see. Like dried sort of flowers. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, no, I like it. I like it. They were like ears from where you'd produce them yourself. It's a bit gremlin-y. So I was <laughs> like, I don't I, I won't comment because I'm not sure what they are, but I know now. What is that? Yeah, sparkling wings <laughs> like it. But you I have actually... you have a lovely Christmas, Thank yeah. You so and much. you do what you need to do the way you Thank need you. to do it, honestly. And it will be fine. It always Thank and it's you. just a time thing. And uh yeah, it changes you, but I'm happy with the change. Um it's all good, everyone. It's all good. So welcome, uh, sometimes. But yeah, it's going to happen. Just embrace it and take your time and give yourself yeah. grace and compassion. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's a pleasure. Thank you.